Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the AJ Roberts Show. Um, today we are joined by none other than top US attorney, Mr. Tom Renz. Tom, thank you ever so much for taking a break out of your busy schedule to join us here in the UK and, and the wider world. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm so grateful. Awesome. Um, so where, whereabouts are you actually uh, calling in from today, Tom? Uh, from a little town in the state of Ohio, so uh, near the Great Lakes, uh, nice. Lake Erie. Yeah, fantastic. Um, now, guys and girls, uh, you would have seen the the advertisement I put out to get Tom on the show. Uh, it was more in regards to the sort of large federal lawsuit that he uh, he served um, over in the United States. And as you'll know, especially the UK audience uh, amongst you. Um, I've been trying particularly hard to get a lot of people in the UK tuning in to what's happening in the United States, tuning in to what's happening in Australia um, and other parts of the world, because a lot of it is creeping into our country on a grand scale. It's just happening under the, the noses of everybody, really. It's just creeping in uh, slow measures, so you don't really notice it. Um, and it's, it's going to have a, a seriously, seriously nasty effect and a pretty nasty punch in the face to a lot of people, want for a better term. Um, but Tom, you filed a, a very, very large uh, lawsuit against uh, the federal government in the United States based on the actual reporting system uh, other than VAERS. So for those of you in the UK, don't know what VAERS is. It's basically the American version, the US version of our yellow card reporting system, Australia have their version. In regards to the, uh, the jab uh, injuries and, and, and deaths, um, a clinical researcher found that there was other reporting systems that found an extensively large number of one, uh, deaths that weren't reported, hence why you obviously filed the lawsuit. Obviously, I don't want to steal your thunder on this, Tom, so um, please, if you mind for the benefit of the viewers and listeners, um, just share... Uh, about your journey along the lines of the, the lawsuit itself, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in the U.S., we have a, a number of different mechanisms by which injuries are reported related to the vaccines. And the only one that's publicly available is VAERS, V-A-E-R-S. Uh, now, VAERS is an optional self-reporting system. Now, interestingly enough, uh, y'all over in the UK have much more accurate numbers than what we do. They, they're not reporting any real numbers in the United States. All they're reporting are uh, these optional self-reporting things and VAERS, which means that unless someone reports it, it's not recorded. So we're not actually in the United States getting any real data about injury. Now, when we look, we look at uh, breakthrough cases, for example, in Israel, or if we look at it in the UK, we look at injuries that are occurring, we see all these different things. Well, those numbers are so much higher than what we're seeing in the US, right? So what happened was, is I had a whistleblower came forward uh, and we're, we were challenging the authorization of these vaccines because they're neither safe nor are they effective. And uh, they were really pushed through in a way that was illegal under US law. Uh, we had a whistleblower come forward that had access to some one of the, the uh, federal government computer systems and who had done some analysis. And uh, based on this analysis, found that there's been over 45,000 deaths at the time uh, from this vaccine in the U.S. Now, 
since then, I've had other statisticians and other people look at this, and the universal, uh, I guess, opinion of, of these people is that the number is actually much higher than that. We don't know the actual number for sure, but the question is, why is, the, why is our government trying to hide the real number? They have all this information, but they're hiding it from the public. Why would they do that? You know, why, if this is safe and effective, why, would they, why are they keeping the true information and true data from people? And I think the, the reason's pretty obvious. So uh, that's that lawsuit. Uh, we're challenging the authorization in the United States. None of these are approved drugs, okay? So for anybody looking to the U.S., none of the drugs have been approved in the United States. They're only authorized under an emergency use statute, which means that the, the standards are very low. And even under those standards, they're not really following what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're, they're still not even following the, meeting those standards. Uh, but, you know, our federal bureaucracy is hiding it well enough that it's been very difficult to challenge. And um, what was your uh, initial reaction, obviously, when, you know, the, speaking to this whistleblower in regards to, like, the, four, you know, the uh, 45,000 deaths, is it something you had to really sit down and go over and over and over again before you actually kind of went public with it? Yeah, well, I mean, so we have a we submitted it to court. Before I'm allowed to submit something to the court in the United States, I have to perform a level of due diligence. I have to have a good faith belief that what I'm report submitting is accurate, right? So if you send me an email and I you you know you're just some regular person and you say there's been a million deaths, well, I can't report that to the court. I have no good faith belief. But this person was someone who had the proper access and who is knowledgeable about the, you know, the, what's going on and appeared to be a very, you know, good witness on this. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were able to submit it and uh, we do stand by it. We believe that, that it's accurate, although I do believe it's on the low side, um, probably substantially lower, but we wanted to be conservative on it because, you know, in the American court system, what we'll do is once we get through some initial uh, procedural stuff, we'll get to what's called discovery. And in discovery, we're able to get access to the government information. So at that point, you know, we can get an accurate number. Mm. And um, what sort of time scale are you looking at to enter the discovery stage? Well, I don't know. Uh, they're fighting tooth and nail. Uh, every single, and I've got a whole bunch of cases in front of uh, in the courts, right, all related to this. And they are fighting tooth and nail to avoid discovery. Anything they can do to avoid discovery, they're doing. And again, you know, the thing that really strikes me about this is, you know, they like to, to bash me in the press and they like to uh, question my motives and question this, question that. But here's the thing. I've made very public. There is an easy way to discredit me. If the federal government makes the raw data available to the public so that it can be analyzed by independent people who are not biased, they're not controlled by the CDC or the Gates Foundation or anybody else, just the raw data. If they make that public and it's analyzed, and I've offered to raise money to have it analyzed by an independent firm, they make that available, they could discredit me and make me go away, but they won't do it. And why? Why do you hide information unless you have something to hide? Exactly. Uh, and, I'm, you know, it's not just in the United States we're finding this, Tom. It's uh, obviously here in the UK. Um, we've been calling for public debate for a year and a half. Um, I've, I've explained several times that I've asked 
several so-called professional doctors and scientists um, onto the show to talk about their or show evidence of the, you know that what they're doing is lawful, ethical. Um, in you know, in, in terms you know for for the medicinal side of things, but also you know what they believe is very pro facts, pro lockdowns, this that, and the other. So um, I've asked a significant number of people to come on and, and debate about it. You know, uh, with the likes of Richard Fleming or say Dolores Cahill or um, a number of other doctors here in the UK. And I've, I've always got to that sticking point where some have said yes, but then as soon as the mention of debate comes along, they've either said no, uh, we're not allowed or just outright no. Um, and we're still at that point, obviously, where we, we're nowhere near having a, a debate. So um, again, you have to ask yourself that question and why would that be? Why would they all turn it down? Um, and you'll find, you know, very, very similar thing. So you've actually had like quite a number of cases ongoing here. Obviously this one's pretty, pretty huge. Um, are you finding that a lot of uh, people or establishments that are trying, you know, want to file lawsuits are, are coming to, to yourself or is there a, like a few Tom Renzes around the United States? Well, so when I start, there's probably a lot better attorneys out there than me. I'm just fighting really hard and have been doing it the longest. Um, I started filing suits on this, you know, the minute they started locking us down and uh, it, by default, I think a lot of people were stuck with me because they couldn't find better at the time. Thank God, thank God, um, over time, more people have came on board and there seems to be now quite a few people interested in fighting. Uh, not enough yet. There's way more hor horrible, horrible instances occurring than there are lawyers to handle them. And we need a lot more lawyers to come forth. Um, and it's difficult because this is complicated, right? So you have to, when you argue these cases, a lot of times you have to bring in medical and scientific facts that are complicated and take a long time to learn. And a lot of times uh, you have to, uh, you know, really deal with some complicated issues of law. We're working our way through it. I think we're going to end up doing winning this in the long term. The question is how long and how many people have to die in the, in the meantime. You know, unfortunately, yeah. every day in the U.S., the healthcare system is really, really atrocious right now. Um, we have it set up where, where hospitals are really doing a terrible job of taking care of people. Uh, the protocols they're using, we know that ivermectin works incredibly well on this disease. Can, it works both prophylactically and, or, and in early treatment. We know, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine works as well. And then there's a lot of vitamin cocktails and budesonide and things like that that work. Um, you know, I was just on another interview with uh, Dr. Jim Meehan, who's treated 2,700 COVID patients and had zero deaths. I mean, you know, early treatment works and it works well. There's no reason to need an in injection with an experimental drug. We don't need that because you can take other things to take care of this. But ultimately, I think one of the things that's important is more so than finding other other attorneys is, is encouraging people, right? Um, I mean, if we look at our shared history, both across the pond and here, here in the US, you know, one thing that's really interesting has been the fight against tyranny. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you, we look at we look at the the aisles over there. You all have been fighting against. I mean, you guys have repelled every invader that's ever came. Uh, you got a group of people in the UK who are truly fighters. I and mean, one of the one of the most 
you have this tiny little country that's become one of the most dominant countries in global history because you've got some really people who are really willing to stand up for things. You've got to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing here in the U.S. Um, you know, we stood up against the U.K. for a while because you guys lost sight of some things and we, you know, didn't see eye to eye on some things. But uh, thank God we're back to friendship. But, you know, the thing is, is we... Uh, we are, we've got that same mentality, right? We're, we're fighters. Mm -hmm. And we've got to get the people woke, uh, awake, to awaken on this, right? The people have to take the power back. The people have to say no, and they have to do it in the wide and you know, large numbers. Um, we just have to say no and absolutely stand by it. Because here's the thing. They're killing our kids. They're killing our families. They're doing it over a disease that's infinitely treatable. It's not dangerous for children. And, you know, why? Why? Why are they pushing so hard to get everybody vaccinated? What, what do we get out of this? We know that it's already came out. We know that the vaccine doesn't stop the spread of the disease. We know that it doesn't actually have any impact. We know that the viral load in people who are vaccinated, we saw from Oxford, is 250 times higher than in people who are unvaccinated. So you have to ask yourself, what, what is the motivation for these people to push something that doesn't keep you safe, doesn't stop the spread, and doesn't do anything, and there's no long-term studies on the effectiveness, right? And I think the thing that people have to understand is, you know, when you eliminate all the plausible answers, then you're left with unplausible or unlikely things that are horrible, mm -hmm. right? And there are a lot of horrible reasons that this might be happening, and I think we have to start looking to those because ultimately, they're not safe. They're not effective. They are killing people. There are going to be long-term effects. And why would you take, why would you run a high risk with something that's not tested when you can have all, virtually no risk from safe and effective early treatments like ivermectin? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, I've said it for well over a year now, and uh, like many other of my cohorts uh, and obviously the people I've had on the show and, uh, I actually pre-recorded uh, a very, very, very interesting, um, and I, I think the best term to use for it would be uh, alarming, and in some instances can be quite scary episode uh, with Karen Kingston today, which is going to be released on Wednesday. Um, so for guys and girls listening who don't know Karen Kingston, is Karen's uh, a pharmaceutical expert and biotech analysis, and she basically is the person that a, a a pharma company would call in to do all this analysis when they think they're at a point where they might get sued for a large amount of money for something that they've done or created now she knows the ins and outs of absolutely everything to do with all of this the the graphene oxide the uh the, the hydrogels and all this kind of stuff again that's quite a new term ladies and gents will learn all about it on uh, on wednesday night it's not nice stuff i can assure you now um, so when you come to, uh, you know, ask questions like, why would they do this? I think personally, and, you know, so many uh, scientists and doctors around the world echo this. It's almost like the, the, the disease is almost like a smoke screen just purely to roll um, this, 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 this bioweapon up, you know, and it's not, I'm not making that term up. You know, every specialist that's been, been on the show shares the same sentiment because it is the term which defines it more so than any other. Um, because of how, you know how it was made, where it's come from, um, so people will learn a lot more about that on, on Wednesday episode in, in the finer detail. But um, 
you for yourself personally, obviously, with all these like lawsuits and everything that you know that you're you're putting through now, have you had any sort of like breakthroughs on on any of them in the early stages, like smaller cases uh, where people have? Um, could you give us an example, maybe, of like something that somebody's come to you with um, to basically uh, have overturned, maybe some of the restrictions, legislation, something like that? Well, I mean, there's been some some things here and there. I mean, one of the biggest, I'd say one of my biggest personal victories in this was uh, within my state uh, in the United States in Ohio. Um, we were able to uh, get legislation passed. Remember, so I don't care how I win. I just want freedom and security. Uh, so we're, we're pushing politically. We're pushing in the courts. We're pushing in the, to educate the public. We're pushing from all directions. I would say the single biggest win, Ohio was one of the most tightly locked down states when this all started. Our governor sold out so quickly, it was mind blowing. Uh, he, he's just a horrible individual. So uh, we were able to, he's a, in the US we have two parties, we have two political parties, to the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, he's a Republican and we have a majority legislature in the state of Ohio that's also Republican. We were able to get the Republican legislature to pass legislation over the objections of the governor uh, that limited his power. So right now, Ohio is relatively free compared to a lot of other states, despite the fact that we were one of the most locked down states in the country. And that's uh, a lot of people in Ohio had a lot of work in that. And I'm very proud of that. I would say that was one of the biggest victories. Um, you know, we've had a hand in a lot of other things. Uh, you know, I, I really am not keeping score too well, but we're doing we're doing pretty well. I would say that across the board, we've been very successful in raising awareness. We've been very successful in uh, limiting uh, some of the the bad behavior through our lawsuits. I would say that we've uh, we've been very frustrated though at the pace of, that the courts have taken. We've got a couple cases in particular that the court has really really been very slow. And moving on, and there are cases where I believe we're clearly ready to move on to the next stage, um, but the court's dragging its feet for some reason. Now I, I can't say why, um, but I can say I, you know, I, I'm very eager to get there. I don't think there's any legal reason or basis to slow it down, other than I, you know, it's a it's an uncomfortable thing. But I we're very close. I think we have. Four or five cases that are very close to discovery right now, and I think when we get to discovery in any of those cases, it will be it'll be huge. I think it'll be a massive, massive thing, and I think that it'll you know the discovery on this could have a global impact because when people start seeing how bad the lies are, uh, you know, we're going to try and spread that everywhere because you know we want to free America, but we want to free the world. We want everybody to know. I don't, you know, we all, it doesn't matter what country you're in, we all bleed red. We're all human and everybody should be treated with respect and with dignity. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. So we're very much looking forward to doing whatever we can to get the truth out and using that in any way possible. I mean, you mentioned some great people you've got over in the UK uh, that are fighting this fight. You know, you got Reiner over in uh, uh, Germany. You've got, a, I mean, you've got some great heroes in Europe that are fighting. And, you know, we're all on the same team. So whatever we can do is we get this information. We can't wait to make it public and God willing help everybody in this world to be freer. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 
Um, it, it's really great and refreshing to hear that you're, you know, you are going places with this. Uh, the problem we're finding here, and this is after a lot of, you know, deep conversations with um, lawyers and that here in the UK, is actually like our judiciary system is pretty much corrupt to the core. It's finding a, a judge that will actually sit through this and actually run with it uh, is what we're finding as a problem here. Um, are you finding a uh, similar kind of pushback in the US? There's not many judges out there or they're actually judges that are willing to sit there and obviously go through the motions. Well, so what I'll tell you is that first of all, I'm, I'm limited on what I can say without, about the judges, uh, you know, and I want to, I want to show respect to the courts to, you know, I will say this, this is a difficult, difficult topic. You know, the courts, the courts shouldn't have to be doing this because everything about it's illegal. It should never even have been done from the beginning. Our political system should be taking care of it before even the courts, but our political system is so corrupt that it's not doing anything about it because they're all paid off to not. But I think that the, you know, for the courts, when you bring this into the court, you have a question of law and you have a question of fact, those are all disputed and it's very, very difficult. You know, uh, you got to ask a judge to weigh evidence that's very scientific in nature and very complex. I think a lot of judges are very reticent about, about digging into this any more than they have to. That said, I mean, ultimately, it's my very strong opinion. You know, listen, you took the job. You, know, you don't want to be a judge, don't be a judge. Sometimes being a judge means judging a tough case. This is, this is most certainly a very difficult case. But guess what? You're going to have to weigh in on it. You're going to have to do something. The legal system cannot abdicate its duty. So I'm a little frustrated at the slowness. I have seen some things in some cases that I think are absolutely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. um, but I will also say that I think that the, uh, I think it is a very difficult situation for the courts to be put into. You know, if, if our, if our constitution was being honored right now, uh, the entire executive branch from the Department of Health and Human Services on down would be facing massive, massive inquiries. There would be uh, laws passed. There'd be all sorts of things going on. But unfortunately, this is our system has become very, very corrupt here. And I think we're going to spend a lot of years sorting that out when this is all done. Yeah, and it's exactly the same here. Um, you can clearly see it's exactly the same in places like Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand. Um, we're fighting a, a battle of many kinds like we've never, ever seen in our lifetime. You know, obviously, clear and obvious, the last time we've seen stuff like this was uh, the, the same war that our forefathers were uh, heavily involved in and fighting tyranny on our shores. Um, and that's what I find, you know, like myself and people like yourself and hundreds and hundreds of other people around the world are kind of kind of doing now um, to bring, almost, not so much bring the tyranny down, but bring the, like, just the severeness of the, the, how sinister this all is um, to, to the people around the world. So just try and open their eyes to what's going on uh, and in order to fight back. Because at the end of the day, um, the longer people leave it, the less time them and their family have to to be in a you know a, a good place for the future and that is generally running out for people um me and karen talked deeply about this today obviously with the nature of the uh the gene therapies that are being 
you know, injects into people like every second of the day around the world. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a pretty scary time. And we've got this issue as well in courses over here, like it's where stuff has gone through in the past. So um, the tail end of last year, we had the, they were putting us into like these tier systems, like tier one, tier two, they're all based off cases. Obviously these cases, case numbers are all based off of, um, you know, the, the, the amazing PCR test that differentiates between coronaviruses and uh, common colds and, and flus. Um, and it basically shut down hospitality and people's businesses. So like my own mum and uh, my stepdad got a pub in South England. It was, uh, you know, it was, pretty much brought to his knees. They weren't allowed to trade. Yet the kebab shops right opposite it and the supermarket allowed to open. You know, they ended up sitting upstairs above the, above their pub for a good six months before they could, you know, really open again properly. And um, there, there was people here in the UK really fighting a good fight to bring hospitality open in line with, like, uh, non-essential retail and, and, and stuff like that. And again, it was making good progress with the courts. And the guys and girls that were, you know, battling with this done, they couldn't have done any more. It's just that they, they, it was, it would literally come, ah, oh, there's not a judge available then. And it was just dragging the heels and dragging the heels and dragging the heels. And then eventually it just opened at the same time as everywhere else. It was, uh, it was a hard, hard to watch, especially for people who are my own family in that industry uh, and lots of other friends and, um, you know, and veterans as well from the military as well, from my previous uh, military days who are in the hospitality sector, you know, it wasn't nice at all. And there was no science, uh, you know, I know it's very similar to you guys in the United States, like it's never backed by any science. It's just backed by corrupt modeling on um, at these press conferences, which is based off of, of a lie. So, you know, the, the modeling is based off the initial lie and that's where they get their model. And, you know, it's, it's called out every single time and they can never back it up. And uh, you know, I can see why millions of people are so frustrated. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and there's a lot of stuff there to unpack. I mean, you mentioned the PCR testing. Now, I don't know if you guys have had much info on this, but I mean, in the U.S., they're recalling a bunch of these PCR tests because they don't work. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's absolutely. not a huge surprise, given that the instruction manuals for the test include a disclaimer that says that this test cannot uh, diagnose COVID-19. But you know, the thing about this is, is it's been a lie from the beginning. It's been, and we have a case on the PCR test as well. I mean, we have another suit on that. Um, you know, the, this has been lie after lie after lie. And it's interesting because the people who are feeding us these lies, their lives aren't affected, right? Mm. Um, I'm guessing, you know, I've heard, I've heard a, a few of your political leaders and, you know, the, some of the royals talking a little bit about the, uh, you know, this, the horrors of this uh, pandemic and everything else. Well, I'm fairly certain that none of them have really been suffering. I'm pretty sure they're all still uh, living in the palaces and living in the beautiful places and doing the wonderful things. Um, the local organizations are suffering. That's what we've seen here in the US, right? Um, you know, the, the, the billionaires, the elites, you know, they're all living a good life. This hasn't affected them. Hmm. It doesn't impact them at all. You know, meanwhile, people who own small to mid-sized businesses are losing their businesses. They're losing their homes, lost their livelihoods. I mean, you know, the, the, the people's lives have been destroyed. That's why I say that really one of the most important things here 
is the people standing up and standing together. I mean, that's that's critical. And if you don't mind, I'll tell you a story about that, right? So my story is this. Uh, you know, I, I go on these interviews and I'm doing this stuff. And so people see me fighting this stuff and they hear about some of my work. And that's wonderful that they're hearing this. But let me tell you where I come from. Uh, I opened my practice only a few years ago. I was gonna I was gonna do some quiet criminal and, and estate work here in the United States in a nice quiet little town and I just wanted to slow down a little bit, right? Um, I failed epically and fell into this work uh, because I saw that this was happening. I live in a small town. There's 12,000 people in the town I live in. I mean, it, it's I can, I can go for a run from one side of the town to the other. Uh, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm I'm not a big important person. I don't have a big law firm. I don't have millions of dollars. I'm not a big shot. So, this is really an important thing, and I want everybody to understand this. I am not a big shot. I am not an important guy. What I am is someone who saw something wrong, and took a stand on it. I've been fighting that ever since. I've been fighting this from the beginning because I knew it was wrong. What they're doing to people is wrong. There's, they're doing it for money, they're doing it for power, they're doing it for all sorts of things, but it, ultimately it's wrong. And so, you know, I did my part. I said no, and I've been fighting this ever since, around the clock, every day, every night, this is what I work on. And I'll continue fighting until we've won or I can't fight anymore. It's so important for people to understand. You know, you, you have me on your show and I'm such a, so honored to be here, but people have to understand that the reason that you're having me on your show and the reason that I'm here is not because I'm a, a super important lawyer from the United States who's done something magical. The reason that you've heard about me is because I've continued to fight. I've continued to say no. I don't care if it's a trillion dollar industry. I don't care if it's a global cabal. I don't care who it is. It's wrong. We have to fight against wrong. We have to fight against evil. And I don't care. And that's what the people need to understand. And I urge the people all over the world, anyone hearing this, take a stand, be peaceful. Okay, we don't, we're not looking for violence, we're not looking for war, we're not looking for terror, be peaceful, but say no. I absolutely refuse. I am not taking this injection. I'm not gonna do it. I'm no longer gonna lock myself away. If my family gets sick, I'm gonna take ivermectin, I'm gonna take vitamin D, I'm gonna take vitamin, zinc. I'm going to follow the protocols that have been established and that have worked thousands and thousands of times. You know, this is what I'm going to do because ultimately, if I can't take control of my body and my health, I can't control anything. And if we don't have autonomy with our bodies and our health, then we have autonomy on nothing. And so we have to take a stand for our sake, for our children's sake, and for our future. Yeah. I absolutely resonate with every single thing you said there, and you're totally right. And I've been having these conversations for for many weeks now. Um, I think a lot of people that tune into my show initially, obviously, are very much on the same page as us. It's up to those guys then to to share these interviews with all the information that we're providing, which is will help open up people's eyes to what's actually happening and give them the courage to say no, no more. Um, I'm hoping the fact that they're already marketing like the booster shots here in the UK 
that's enough to actually wake the people up who have already been jabbed to go, no, I'm not taking any more. I've already done what he wanted initially. Like, no. Uh, and I know a lot of people I I know a lot of people I know have that stance already. They've already just had said that in conversation and sent me uh, messages on, on social media. Um, also, can't speak for everybody, but people watching, you know, wherever you are in the world, you know, it's just we know you're on the same page as us, but we need to speak to people and share information like this, which people can easily understand. Obviously, there's a million and one videos out there and memes and all over Telegram. Well, I think the worst thing we can do is just bombard people with loads of like different information. You know, just take a couple of sources of information from certain places like shows like this uh, and maybe others, uh, Dan Gregory's show, for example, and, um, and, and share that with you, your friends and family who, uh, because at the end of the day, so this, I keep referring to the bear trap scenario. You know, we know there's a bear trap over there and our friends and family are potentially walking into it. But if they find out that we knew it was there, we never said anything. You know, we would we'd feel terrible ourselves. You know, so we've got to tell them about this bear trap and get them to understand that we told them about this bear, this bear trap for the benefit of them, their family, their loved ones, and their future lives and their health. Um, because all of those making trillions of dollars out of it care nothing about your friends and family. You know, and I think that if you can tell yourself that and make, you know realize that these people do not care about you whatsoever, it's, it's better for them for you not to be around. Um, you know, it will make the fight a little bit easier. Um, and I know starting here in the UK, uh, Wednesday, there's hundreds of veterans who are going to be um, turning up in London, uh, at Parliament Square on uh, on Wednesday, you know, who, who are all doing that. They've all had enough. They're making a stand. They're saying no more, you know. And I, I know I've been saying it for months that there's no, for me, no bigger group of people here in the United Kingdom that when come together can send the right message than a group of battle-hardened, fed-up veterans, um, you know, who have actually been to been sent to places on behalf of this government um, to, to send a message and to, and to fight, you know. And, you know, I don't mean that in an unlawful way, you know, not in a violent way, to actually show force and say, no, enough is enough, like, you, you're not taking this any further, uh, not while we're standing here. Um, so I totally get your sentiments, absolutely, Tom. And it's um, you know it's what you're, what you're doing is is actually remarkable. And I know everyone watching will take like, a hell of a lot away from that. Um, tell, especially you know that kind of courage could go a long, long way. But I know not everybody's watching has potentially got you know your level of courage, my level of courage. Our level of courage is is all different. Our fight's slightly different. But if you can just step over that threshold to you know raise the raise the game when it comes to that kind of fight you know you can just keep working and working and working and working and working on that and each day will i get each day will feel better i think you know it will feel a lot better in your headspace that you know that you're doing the right thing you know you're doing good against evil because this is what we're facing ladies and gents we are facing a level of evil that we've never seen well ever. you're right you're right. I mean, that you have to go back a few years to see something this horrible. And, you know, one of the things to remember is, you know, when we talk about courage, we talk about things like this. Um, if you've got this much courage and someone else only has this much, 50 people with this much still have more than you. Mm -hmm. It Many hands make light work, right? The one thing that the, the, the people on the other side fear is the people. When the people band together and say no, 
the people can't be stopped. No government has ever lived or ruled without the consent of the governed. I mean, we've seen, particularly looking at the, uh, your history, I mean, we've seen numerous governments and kings and monarchs toppled because they didn't care about the people. In the United States, I mean, we started out with a revolution because we didn't feel like that we were heard, we the people. You know, the, no government can ever rule without the consent of the governed. So the bad guys and people who want to control people always, always, always fear the people that they want to control. And so we the people have to say no. We, we people of the world, we free people of this world have to band together and say no. We will not subject ourselves to tyranny. We will not tolerate this. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. And we're not going to do it. And we need to take the power back. We need to control that, uh, have uh, self-determination. Uh, that's a critical, critical thing. And it's done easiest or most easily when we, we band together. Uh, no one person should have to give all, and it wouldn't need to if everyone gave a little, right? And uh, that's what we need to do. We need everyone to give a little. You just need to have the courage to speak out. And, yeah, so I'm an attorney. But that's not the only thing you can do, right? So uh, you don't need to be a lawyer. You could be an artist creating beautiful art, representing freedom and speaking out about this. You could be uh, someone who's doing a show like you. It doesn't matter what your gift is. Just make use of your gift. Don't be afraid. If you live your life in fear, you aren't living. So please, you know, have the courage, band together, Organize, organize yourselves. My goodness, we can't organize enough. Uh, I've been so encouraged by the French and the Germans, all these people out marching and marching and marching. I wish we could get more of that in the U.S. People saying absolutely not. Um, it's not quite as, as common, I think, here in the U.S. as it is in Europe. But, I mean, the huge numbers, and they cover it up. They don't show it on the press, but you can't miss it. Um, you know, if you if you look, and uh, it, it's incredibly encouraging, and and you're not alone. The question is, are you going to stand down? And you know, the you can't. We simply can't. Uh, when evil comes, good men must rise, and that's where we're at. So you know, we we have to band together. We have to do this. Um, our legal systems. We have to have. Uh, you know. Uh, our, our lawyers in each each nation need to be stepping up. Uh, thank goodness for all the courageous lawyers around the world. I mean, we've talked to them from all over the place, and there are many. Um, but ultimately, the people have to stand up. That is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think once, uh, as an individual, just like a, a lot of things in life, I think once you step past that kind of like, uh, like line of departure, as you call it, in the uh, in the military, like into battle sort of thing. I think once you've gone past that, I think, you know, there, there's no turning back, but just the, the lift it gives you as an individual um, is it, it, phenomenal. And I, I genuinely get up every morning and I'm like, you know, what what's today's fight going to be like? You know, what, what people can I connect? You know, like, how can I, how can I use the resources I've got for this, this, or this? Um, and it, you know, it becomes very clear how to put all the dots together. Obviously, the podcast is a fantastic tool because uh, obviously there's loads of people watching. Um, they then can share that message. If there's, especially if there's like big pieces of uh, valuable information, um, they can connect with me. Like 
they connect with other people through it. You know, it's a massive, great connection tool to the many, which is great. And that's what I'm personally working on is getting big people on, um, as well as people have got several millions of followers. That's what I'm doing in the next few weeks because then people get the message through even larger audience. Okay. And that's how we, you know, we fight back in big numbers then. Um, so just like, just for, as an individual point of view, Tom, uh, and I, I guess this would be really relevant to anybody who's watching in, in the US and the UK and in Australia. Um, somebody who might be, like lives on their own is a little bit scared to speak out, like worried that they might lose what they've got. Um, what sort of like words of encouragement would you have for them? I think there's two ways to really look at that, right? Um, it's not hard to see where things are going. I think that if you don't speak out, you're going to lose what you have. I think, so I'm, I'm Christian and a very uh, strong believer in my faith. And there's a parable in the Bible that says, you know, uh, that you if you, you spend your time essentially protecting what you have, you're going to lose it. Um, you have to have the courage to, to speak out. You have to, you have to. Uh, find the courage, if not for yourself, for your family. Um, if you have kids, if you have, even if you don't, your your parents, your your whatever, everybody has family. Speak out for your family. Speak out for your friends. Speak out for the people that haven't yet learned. You know, the question that I I ask people is, right now, we see on a global scale, a group of horrible people that are they're poisoning people they're lying to people they're doing things that are just unspeakable if you won't speak out now when will you if you won't speak out regarding your family's health your friend's health if you won't speak out when will you what do you have to have happen before you'll have the courage to speak out uh you, you simply have to find you have to find some courage uh, if not now, when? History is going to look back at this time. A uh, hundred years, a thousand years from now, history will look back at the time when, when uh, a group of people decided that they were going to poison people around the globe, that they were going to try and take, a co take control of individuals' health, of individuals' freedoms, and they were going to manage you through health care and through everything else. History is going to look back on that, and it's going to it's going to judge harshly the people who were too afraid to stand aside. We look back at World War II, the Great War. Um, history is judged pretty harshly those that stood aside, uh, and and rightly so. And rightly so. When we look at the horrors of World War II, the people that stood aside and were too afraid to take a stand, uh, we look at them with with disdain to an extent because what a horrible thing to do how can you stand aside while these atrocities are occurring i you know right now i pray that this doesn't end up being something where we have as many deaths or anywhere in the near in the vicinity of world war ii i pray that these vaccines don't end up being as dangerous as my doctors and scientists are telling me they will but if they do that you really want to be on the side of history that was too afraid to speak out. How, how can you live with yourself? How can you look at your children in the eyes and, and tell them, have courage, fight, do good things, when you don't yourself have it? So, you know, find your courage. 
And by the way, once you do, I'll tell you that it's very freeing. Um, when you when you realize that you are committed to something because you believe it's the right thing to do and that you're going to do what's necessary to support that right thing, it's very freeing. There's times where it's scary, but it's very freeing to know what you stand for and who you are and where you are in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. I've taken a position. I'm quite comfortable with it. I don't care whether anybody likes it or not. And I feel very good about that. Um, I think yeah. you'll feel good, feel the same. Absolutely. I'm totally with you on that, Tom, um, and have been for probably a good 12 months now. Um, it's uh, I'm very, very focused on the main mission, very 100% fully focused. The minute I get up in the morning, the minute my head hits that pillow at night time and I go to sleep, like my eyes are on on the prize and that is seeing joy on people's faces when this all comes crumbling down and um, but we do that as like you know as one united front i think and exactly like you said people standing up and saying you know no you know enough is enough and um the more people we can encourage to do that together on mass as quickly as possible um sometimes by whatever means it might not always be comfortable um I don't mean tie, tying people to a chair like some gents and like torturing people. Um, I mean, you know, amicably. Uh, the quicker we do that, the better, because, you know, I think as much as time could be, you could say time's running out for us, I think it's always, it's running out for them because they're not doing things as quickly as they'd like. And obviously it's giving them, uh, it's giving us guys more time to sort of open the eyes of the people who aren't quite seeing it yet. Um, just to, just before we uh, let you go, Tom. Um, in regards to the, the the big lawsuit, obviously, I think you know it might have been the probably been the first time for many of uh, of my viewers even have heard about that again because you know you touched on it earlier. The mainstream media just presses everything, so not a lot of people see what's happening in Australia or see what's happening in France and all the big rallies and stuff. Um, where can uh, oh, what, is it? Is there anywhere where people can follow to see the progress on that other than you know like relying on yourself to have to do lots of interviews well we we try and keep everything updated on rens-law.com that's r-e and it's in nancy's he's in zebra dash law.com uh, rens-law.com we want to make sure that we keep as much up there as we can obviously it's it's focused in the u.s but you know the the thing is is if you look i believe all my lawsuits are at least a good portion of them are are up there. I would urge people take a look at those lawsuits. They're very well cited. So you can look at facts, you can look at information that we cite and that we point to on there. That's very useful. If you need to argue what argue anything, if you need information, if you need knowledge, you know, that's a great spot to look. And we try and keep that up. Um, we've got a bunch of other things that we're going to try and get up there on rens-law.com so that people can use them for resources for you know knowledge is everything in this right um all we want is truth so you know keep checking we could we back we do try and update it we do try and keep on top of it uh maybe not every day but you know as often as we can do that and uh we're working on a couple different resource libraries and things like that right now that i'm hoping we'll be able to get up there they're they're big projects to get these things done but you know we're, we're very much uh that's the place to look okay um 
Uh, I've seen a few questions on my uh, my chat here um, regarding other lawsuits around the world, and a few people refer to the Anadarko Two Point Zero. And um, correct me if you know better, uh, Tom. Um, from what I've read and people I spoke to, uh, obviously something like that would have gone through the International Criminal Court, like the ICC. Uh, my understanding is that Reiner, foremost the person who's leading the, the charge on this, hasn't been putting it through that as such because getting somebody who's not corrupt sitting on that as well has been a bit massive challenge so i believe he's interviewing people all around the world into uh doctor scientists um you know biotech and analysts uh, you know all of the people that you would associate with what's gone on in these different industries um and he's using that as actual evidence uh to you know for, for public inquiries is, is that right am i uh, sort of on the money there or is there anything you need to add well, uh, one of the things, so the International Criminal Court and the World Court are both, you know, to my mind, they're great if we can do it. Uh, the problem that we've ran into on my end is the standing to do so. So in the U.S., we're not a, we're not a part of the International Criminal Court, which makes it very difficult. So we're very limited there. And then, uh, you know, to have standing in these courts, you typically have to have the backing of a nation, and there's just not nations out there that are willing to. Now, I know that, uh, you know, I've spoken to Reiner, and I've spoken to uh, uh, just a ton of these attorneys out there. There's a lot of us that would be willing to represent any, a nation if a nation wanted to make a claim in there. We would be happy to work together and find a way to support it and to fund it, but you know, you have to find a nation that's willing to take bring that claim before the world court, or the, you know, really to make something happen. Um, I don't see it happening any other way unless a nation wants to bring the case. Hmm. Okay, um, I've uh, I've actually been in contact with uh, Reiner's office, um, and I'm hopefully going to uh, get Reiner on the show in a, in a few weeks, which would be fantastic you know he's uh obviously very well known at first everything that's going on and it'll be hope you know great to hopefully get him on and, and share some light from that perspective ladies and gents so don't worry i uh, i'm fully on the case uh, in that respect um tom where can uh, where can people find you if they want to kind of like reach out have you got any kind of social media platforms that you spend most time on or are you, are you like uh censored like the uh, majority of other people out there well, you know, I don't know if you, if it's available over for you guys yet, but we use Cloud Hub, C L O U T Hub, okay, H U B. Um, we do have uh, at Rens Law. Um, I we I kind of have a Facebook page, but I don't really use it. Um, I I've got someone that looks at it for me occasionally, uh, but we can't say anything on there, or it will be censored, and so we don't really use it much. CloudHub is a free speech platform. We li we like that one a lot, and I don't know if they've uh, reached UK or Australia yet, but uh, they're a great platform, and I really I really do like them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one we're looking for free speech platforms. You know, I, I'm happy to support those because I'm just not interested in someone who's not interested in allowing us to speak freely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh... I very much so you mentioned there. I very much the cloud hubs like made to Australia. They're, uh, I've just I've seen the bill they've tried to pass recently, where they can go into your social media, see if you what you've been saying about like the, the pandemic and vaccines and all the rest of it, and if it's not good, they can actually arrest you. Like that's, yeah. the, that's the level they've gone to in Australia. Like it is absolutely mind blowing the, yeah. the level they've gone to there. 
Um, yeah. that, that's tyranny on steroids, like what we're seeing at the minute. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, the people of Australia are going to have to put their foot down on this. There's no other way for that to happen. I mean, I don't think, you know, when you get to the point where they're locking people in their houses and separating them from their children and doing things like that, you either stand up, you, you either have to stand up or, uh, you know, it's lost. Mm -hmm. And they're well past the point that they should have stood, stood strong. Yeah, I don't care. Some things are worth fighting for, and if you aren't willing to fight, no one can help you without, uh, you know, you helping yourself. So, ultimately, uh, the people of Australia have to take their power back. I pray for them. I hope that it works out. Um, but I think that, that, you know, there's some good people. I've been in contact with some people in Australia who are wonderful people and who are fighting for freedom. But, you know, the the people not just a handful, but the people in general, the public has to take a stand. And I'll tell you that in the United States and also in the UK, it's my view and globally, uh, if we don't take a stand, we're all gonna end up in the same spot as Australia. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's the goal. Yeah, and that's exactly what like, people like myself and others are trying to do is to, um, you know, uh, alert people to just the significance and, and of how sinister things are in Australia that you know it, you would never have thought you'd ever see in your lifetime is actually happening and um it devastates me personally and my family we lived there for two and a half years in the gold coast and we've got amazing friends there we've got family there um it's it's truly devastating to see what's uh, what's happening to the people there and what what the country's becoming because of these um just power trip tyrants you know i can't think of any better words to use for them um that it, well, they don't deserve a better word um you know, I saw that Dan Andrews yesterday, the, the, the Premier of Victoria, saying to people that they're going to create a, a vaccinated an economy and shut out all the unvaccinated. So you best get, you hurry up and get your jab soon, or you know, you're not going to be having access to anything. Like, this is uh, talking to his fellow countrymen and women. It's beyond, um, yeah, I have no words for people like him. Um, but uh, you know, on a positive note, Tom, uh, I want to say a huge thanks on behalf of myself and, uh, and my audience. We've been very much looking forward to coming on, sharing your your story, and obviously an update on that uh, huge case that you delivered over in uh, the United States. Um, all of us, far and wide, have everything crossed that it goes uh, in your favour, and you do get to the discovery stage as soon as possible. And we will definitely be looking for updates, and I'll definitely be updating. Uh, across my social channels um, while they're still here um, on, on any updates. Um, thank you again for taking your time. I know how busy you are. I did a lot of interviews at the minute. I do really, really appreciate it. And so do my audience, Tom. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Guys and girls, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, I really do hope that you've got something out of today's show. As always, uh, and I've mentioned before, um, I don't run ads and all this kind of stuff for my show, so I don't have any external sponsors or anything else like that. Um, the, the, fee, the only fee I have is that you share the show with friends and family if you've got anything out of it, you know, if it made you laugh, but if you learned something new, if you feel that you know, there's a valuable information here that someone can you know, really be helped with, uh, please like and share it and pass it on to, to other people. That's how we get the message out there. But, uh, you know, and as quick as possible, because a lot of the stuff that Tom shared today and myself, you know, people need to hear it. Uh, some people just need that little bit of encouragement to start taking that step forward. 
and you know almost climbing their own version of their own Everest to get to the top uh, where our freedoms are and everything else like that and, and getting our lives back to normal. Thanks again for tuning in. Please tune in same time on Wednesday where I'll be talking to a former Pfizer employee and pharmaceutical expert Karen Kingston where she's delivering actual real in-depth slides on what is in these inoculations and the actual scientific detail on all of it broken down and what it does to the human body or potentially will do. Um, Mike, it's not really for the faint-hearted. However, I suggest you do watch it and you will learn a hell of a lot. Until next time, ladies and gents, take care of yourself and I look forward to seeing you next time on the AJ Robert Show.